Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hello and welcome to Maximize Your Influence. This is Kurt Mortensen, episode 200. Let's hear some applause. Can you believe 200 episodes? I can't believe it. We're having some fun learning how to persuade with power, being more influential, be able to negotiate on command, and this is great. Really appreciate your love and support, your kind emails, your words of encouragement, telling your friends, of course, hey, go on iTunes, give me a great rating on there. That's always appreciated. In fact, I'm even going to give you a special deal, 70% off my most popular product. I'll talk about that at the end. Let's get you some great content and dig in. Episode 200, can you believe that? In fact, did you like the new intro? Let me know. We had to do something for episode 200. A new mic. I've got a new microphone. Wow. We're digging in here and having some fun and teaching those concepts, those tools of persuasion and influence. And everybody needs to know how to influence. Everybody sells for a living. That's a big thing. In fact, I taught a three-day seminar in Denver, and there was not a salesperson in the room, not an entrepreneur in the room. These are high-level managers realizing they need to persuade without authority, that the old style, do it or you're fired, no longer works. And they realize, A, sales skills are important, persuasion skills are important, but B, these techniques should have been taught in school. And even bigger, I was there during the, I don't even, American Society of Cheese, something like that. It was a big cheese convention. Who knew? They were walking around with cheese heads, cheese shirts, cheese samples. There were cheeses you couldn't pronounce. There were cheeses you didn't want to smell. And I guess... My love of the basic provolone or mozzarella or cheddar is not very sophisticated because I guess those are just too basic. They got to be, again, very soft or hard to pronounce or very smelly. So I learned something. People love cheese and they have conventions on cheese. Who knew? Who knew? Well, let's continue with episode 200. Let's start off with something a little different. We always do the blunder, but let's do the blunder first. So as you know, we have our famous Homer Simpson, Homer Go. Don't, don't, don't. I was looking back at all the blunders on the show. We love our blunders. And every once in a while, we'll have a ninja. And the top industry to have the blunders, I noticed, was the airline industry. And so let's focus on them a little bit today. If you want to know the actual airlines that did these things, I'll post the link at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. That's where you can get additional information and find out more about us. So again, I'm not going to name names, but you have to remember, and part of the show we want to talk about, that everything you say can attract or repel people. And airline pilots go to school to find out ways to make their voice more persuasive, more influential, more calming, and words they should and should not use. So let's focus on the ones they should not use, okay? And these are verified, granted, on the internet, but they're verified, so let's share them with you. So we have this where the pilot says, you know what, we have a 50-50 chance that both engines will work during the flight. And then he asks for a show of hands to decide whether they should take off. Yeah, probably not a good thing to say. Another one, another pilot said, we have ice on the wings and we don't want to die. Again, that's a great way to cause panic. This was in 2014. A pilot said, you know, we had this technical problem and it could have led us into a quick, watery grave. Or another one that was documented, we're in trouble, we're going down. Didn't actually happen, caused a lot of panic. 
I like this one, though. This is actually a positive one where people are complaining about delays and delays. And the pilot says, trust me, it's better to be down there wishing you were up here than being up here wishing you were down there. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty creative on that one. A lightning strike, which happens quite a bit, shockingly, on planes. People don't realize it. It's happened quite a few times when I have flown. But on this one, I guess it's not an actual word. The flight attendant actually screamed, went pale, and got in the motion of saying a prayer. So that does not create any confidence. Or how about this one? Ladies and gentlemen, you may have noticed that our descent is bumpier than usual. We came too close to another plane, and I had to take evasive action. How about this before takeout? Ladies and gentlemen, there's the largest storm foundation I have ever experienced on our route. (laughs) Or we have a small problem. All four engines have stopped. So this one was going into a heavy rainstorm, and the pilot came on during descent and says, Ladies and gentlemen, there's too much rain to land, and the visibility is not good. At the last minute, I saw it was landing on the river, so we will stay up here until the rain belt goes through. There's nothing to worry about. Yeah, you almost landed on the river. I think there's a few things to worry about. Similar one, a pilot says, We've decided to go around again, and this time we will land on the runway. <laughs> I really like this one, and this is just a function of the pause in the wrong spot. The pilot says, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to inform you that this is my first flight. And that's when the pause happened. He says, of the day. (laughs) I don't know if he cut off his mic too short, but yeah, not good. And so that brings us into the content of the day. I'm talking about words that enhance or kill your ability to persuade and influence. Every word you use matters. Every word triggers a subconscious feeling that sometimes you're not even aware about. I mean, even go back to naming your children is a very hard thing for most parents because they say, well, how about this name? And the father might say, I knew someone with that name and they were a moron. So I'm being careful not to mention names here. And then the father might mention a name and the wife might say, well, you know, I knew them and they were weird. And so There's even associations with your name that people have, good and bad, that can be a challenge. Just like collection agencies have people change their names. This one, his name was Thor, God of Thunder. You know, it wasn't Percival, it was Thor, a very aggressive name. And so realize that this is a critical thing. Can pilots go to school to train their voices to inflect down, which is more credible, to have deeper voices, which is more credible, to take out vocal fillers, which is more credible, and they look at the words they can and cannot use. I mean, think about the video presentation you watch on the airline before takeoff. Every word is crafted, and that's how your marketing should be, your copy should be, your presentation should be. You need to take a look at every word. Is it attracting or repelling the prospect? I mean, that video presentation in the airline, they'll say, in the event of a water landing. We're like, well, hello? It's not when the plane hits the water and the wings rip off. It's in the event of a water landing. Or even worse, in case of cabin depressurization. (laughs) Okay? What does that mean? Well, 35,000 feet, there's a hole in the plane sucking everyone out. But hey, in the, you know, in the event of cabin depressurization, even little things like the bathroom's called the lavatory. They don't clean a plane, they refresh it. It's not late, it's delayed. They don't lose your luggage, it's misplaced. It matters. That is important. That's why pilots are trained to say mechanical difficulties instead, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the plane is broke, because that one caused a lot of contention. It's mechanical difficulties, except I was on one flight. This pilot says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, good and bad news. The bad news is we're having mechanical difficulties. Okay, I'll give him a couple points for that. And he says, the good news is the ground crew has found the manual and they're attempting to fix it now. <laughs> There's probably about three or four things wrong with that, but I know people were not confident with their attempting to fix it and needing 
a manual. I would think they would know how to fix a plane if they're the mechanic. So just a few things to think about with what I call verbal packaging and understanding exactly the words you should and should not use. So let's talk about this. I mean, you got a variety of different things. You have the airline industry that packages their words and they train their voices. Then there's a pharmaceutical industry that takes the opposite approach. At the very end of the commercial, they have to tell you everything this pill could do. Could cause death, could cause vomiting, could cause diarrhea. But it's in a very fast-paced, monotone voice so people don't pick it up. That's the opposite of verbal packaging. And so it's important to realize we see this everywhere. I mean, there's no longer used cars. They're, they're pre-owned. I saw one company say pre-loved. Not sure what that was all about. Or it's a good work car. Yeah, you know it's a junker. The home's convenient to the interstate. Yeah, it's in your backyard. You're not fired anymore. It's resized, downsized. When I give my students a college final, we have to call it a, a celebration of knowledge. <laughs> they don't like it, but it's fun for me, right? Even in war, collateral damage, freedom fighters, peace action, and I mean, you look at what those mean, and they're not very nice things. But you have to understand the words matter. For example, don't use the word if. That's not persuasive. Try when. Don't say try. Friends say try. It's not going to happen. Say will. Don't say could. The study show can is more persuasive. Don't say hope. Say guarantee. And be very careful the word but, because but negates everything in front of it. Well, you look great tonight, dear. It's caused a lot of us guys to get in trouble. Use the word and if you can. When I consult for large companies, one of the first things I do is have them change the name of sales to something different. Because think about this. You look on the internet, hey, this is interesting. You call up, you say, hey, I'm interested in XYZ product. They say, sure, hold on. Let me transfer you to sales. And subconsciously, like, sales? I don't want to be sold. I just want information. I want to make my own decision. Resistance, resistance, resistance. You haven't even talked to anybody yet. Why can't we transfer you to a consultant, customer care, an advisor? You get the picture here? Even the word appointment. What's that trigger? Appointment, doctor, waiting, whole hours and hours. What about time to meet or a meeting? We know saying uh, what's your form of payment versus credit card can make a big difference. And of course, you probably already know, at least hope you know, you never say the word contract. Say, I need you to sign the contract. Yeah, you're going to trigger alarms and whistles. Now, if you work for a law firm, that's not a big deal. But if you're talking about contracts and sign the contract, there could be a challenge. Why not endorse the paperwork? Okay, the agreement. You see where we're going with this? It matters. Every word matters. You can take a look at great words that grab attention like discover and guarantee and avoid, quick, proven, transform, eliminate. I mean, there's certain words that pull better. Even simple words pull better. Like an auto mechanic shop, the word repair did not pull as well as a word fix. So you have to look at every word. Every word matters. For example, here's an interesting study. They uh, said to a third of the people, they said it was half price. The other third, buy one, get one free. And the other, 50% off. Now, logically, we know, well, half price, 50% off, buy one, get one free. I mean, they're all the same. But buy one, get one free pulled 40% better. There's just something about the word free. And it's been abused on the internet a little bit, but there's still something about the word free that can be very beneficial. And so you have to look at these words. Ellen Langer, she's a social psychologist at Harvard. She looks at word and word choice and the difference they make in the courtroom and in marketing. And let me share some of those studies with you because it will really open your eyes. So she had this video of these cars crashing into each other, and she wanted people to estimate how fast they were going. So she had three groups of people. They all saw the same video, and, and she wanted them to estimate the speed they were going when they crashed. The first group, she said, how fast were they going when they contacted each other? The second group, how fast were they going when they hit 
each other in the third group. How fast were they going when they smashed into each other? It's about a 10-mile-an-hour difference in estimations between contacted and smashed. Or she shows a picture of a basketball player to people. How tall is he versus how short is he? And have them estimate their height? Well, it was a 12-inch difference between short and tall. It matters the words you use. My favorite study she did was actually at Harvard at the library at the photocopy machine. She was waiting until there's a line was formed, and she tried to test out different words and word choice to see what would pull better, right? Why not? So the first time around, waited for the line, and she said, excuse me, may I cut in line? I'm in a rush. And 60% let her in. Ah, that was all right. <laughs> Watch this. This time around, she used a different word, a very powerful word, a word you're going to want to write down and remember because it's a subconscious trigger word. It's the word because, which tells your brain you're going to get a reason. Even if the reason's not valid, you're getting a reason, and it's very influential. So the second time around, she says, excuse me, may I cut in line because I'm in a rush. So she only added the word because it went from 60% to 94% just by adding the word because. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The third time around, she said, excuse me, may I cut in line because I need to make some copies. Well, duh, <laughs> but it didn't change. I mean, it wasn't even statistically significant. It went from 94% to 93%. Now, after a few seconds, they might go, wait a minute, but she was already making her copies. That's how the brain works. Because if you learn one thing from this podcast, write down the word because that is the power word. That'll change everything that you do. Every word matters. I mean, even at food, you look at Kentucky Fried Chicken, who had to change their name to KFC because fried's not a popular word. You give people a batch of hamburger to test out quality. It's the same batch, two different groups of people. But the first group, you say, hey, test it out for quality, 75% lean. Second group, test it out for quality, it's 25% fat. I mean, logically, we know, but they're very different evaluations. Or if you go to a nice steak restaurant and say, can you tell me the difference between your filet mignon and your ribeye? They'll say, if they're trained, they'll say, well, the ribeye tends to be a little more marbled. Uh, marbled? Yeah, hello, the fat. <laughs> or you have people doing nutritional avoidance therapy, which is a diet. Or here's a fun one you can use with your kids, outstanding vintage cuisine, which is leftovers, right? But you have to take a look. Even restaurants who were trying to promote this fish that was very tasty, it was out of South America, but no Americans would buy it. Because on the menu, it said Pantagonian toothfish. Who wants a toothfish, right? Nobody wants a toothfish. So they renamed it. You've probably eaten it to Chilean sea bass. I can give you countless examples. You've got to be very, very careful of the words you use. Because here's the thing. You use them in your mind, in your department, in your company all the time. They don't phase you. But to somebody else, it could phase them. You just don't think about it a lot of times. What about the two moms that got together? They're creating a daycare, and they're like, let's call it the other mother daycare. Hey, 10 points for creativity, but yeah, there's just a bad trigger there. It's already hard enough to drop off your children, the other mother. I'm the mother. What's going on? That is a huge challenge that a lot of people don't think about. So think about your words. Keep them simple. Think about the emotional triggers that might happen. Paint the picture. I mean, be creative in your words and your word choice. Great persuaders, it's like listening to a movie that you can see it, taste it, touch it, feel it. They can feel the pain. They can feel the product. They can feel the solution. That's what you're looking for. Your voice is a big weapon. Even in your email, all you have is your words and the way you create words. Let me give you a fun example. Don't just call somebody stupid. 
verbally package it. Make it creative. Make it interesting. Make it come alive. Don't say stupid or ignorant. Say sharp as a marble. <laughs> okay? That creates a picture. Or too much yardage between the goalposts. Got into the gene pool when the lifeguard wasn't watching. The wheel is spinning, but the hamster's dead. That's one of my favorites. Or the gates are down, the lights are flashing, but the train isn't coming. So careful that technical language. Careful the words that repel. Keep it simple. Keep it short. Paint the picture. Don't use those vague or abstract words or what they call weasel words. Weasel sneaks into a chicken coop, finds an egg, and puts a little hole in it and sucks everything out of the egg and leaves the empty hollow egg there. That's what a weasel word is. Hopefully, maybe, might, should. Right? We have to be careful that we're using words that have that impact. That aren't crossing the line where people are like, yeah, wait a minute. And we just don't think about it. So review your materials, your website, your brochures, your voicemail, your mailers, your presentation. Look at the words that you're using. It matters. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Even in the dental world, dentists are trained the words they should and should not use. A brother-in-law that trained to be a dentist, and he shared something that was really interesting. He says, we've learned the same thing, verbal packaging. You think about it. Next time you go, listen to the words. They're not going to say, is that painful? No, they'll use uncomfortable. Instead of passing the blade, the assistant will pass the number 12. They don't pull, they remove. They don't call the needle, they call it the tip. They don't grind your teeth, they prepare your teeth. They don't give you a shot, it's an injection. And my favorite, they're not going to say you're going to feel a lot of pain and start screaming. They're going to say, you're going to feel a little pressure. And they say that, hold on, <laughs> things are going to happen, it is going to hurt. So be very careful with that. So what words are you using that attract versus repel? Again, they don't phase you, you use them all the time. You're not even thinking about it. It could be on your voicemail, on your website, in your presentation. You have to really think about those words and how you're saying them and your inflection. And are you using vocal fillers in your rate of speech? And are you painting the picture? Can they see it, taste it, touch it, feel it? Those are things you really have to think about. Again, I call it verbal packaging. If you want more information, go back to episode 21. Again, the archive's available at influenceuniversity.com. It's available with the free membership there. The bottom line is you really have to think about it because these trigger reactions, subconscious triggers that could be helping you and hurting you, and you might not even know it. So that's episode 200 in the books. Like I mentioned, I want to give you something for being loyal, for sharing it, and going to iTunes and giving us a good evaluation for all those things. If not, hint, hint, please do those things. Tell your friends. Go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com or email me at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com with thoughts, comments, derogatory remarks. I will take them all. Even things you want to hear on the show, I will read those and we'll talk about them on the show. So I'm going to post this at HealThePain.com. I'll also put a link on Maximize Your Influence to my course, Magnetic Persuasion, How to Create Instant Influence. This is my most popular program. It's a digital download. There's 18 MP3s. There's a manual and an application guide. It's the most incredible course I've ever released because it gives you a distinct advantage over your competition. As you learn the skills in magnetic persuasion, these are skills only known by the ultra-prosperous. You'll learn a new skill every day, a new tool, how to handle persuasion in every situation and every personality. You'll know exactly what to say and do. So invest in yourself and your future. Everything you want is on the other side of persuasion and influence. And I'm not going to talk about the old, tired Ben Franklin skills or closing skills or things that are not working anymore. This is the brand new science of persuasion and influence, advanced psychological techniques that will expand your mind. 
So you're going to learn how to overcome objections before they happen, know what your prospect is thinking and feeling, and feel more confident in your ability to persuade. Because when you feel influential, you are more influential. I mean, imagine where you'd be now if you'd mastered these skills just in a few short weeks. I mean, think about how much money have you lost through the inability to persuade? How many deals have you lost? Again, it's 18 MP3s where you could learn to never hear I can't afford it again. I'm going to talk about the five objections that you heal all the time and how to overcome them, how to eliminate price resistance, how to create instant action through ethical urgency, and I'm going to go in like we talked about today, the 18 most powerful words and how to put them to use. So this is an intense program, not for the faint of heart. Again, this is a digital download. I have sold this at seminars for over $1,000, and it'll be worth every penny to you because think about it, if you can double, triple, quadruple your persuasion skills, your ability to influence, it'll change every aspect of your life. But the digital version, I've sold in the past for over $150. This version is going to be $47, instant download, the 18 MP3s. The manual that's over 300 pages and the application guide is going to be yours in the download. Thanks for listening. My gift to you, appreciate it. It's deeply discounted. I am passionate about persuasion and influence. Let other people know about the podcast because it affects every aspect of your life. We all persuade and influence for a living. And my mission is to teach it, to get it in school, to get it in the business programs because we all need to use this. I know a lot of you think, well, I don't want other people to learn it, but I think we can all learn it. There's enough to go around out there as we go through this. But this is episode 200. Thank you for listening. How about a few fireworks? But think about today. Think about the words you use. Master these skills and go out and persuade with power.